and welcome to Scale Your Sales podcast, listed in 2020 as number eight of 42 best podcasts for every sales professional. I am your host, Janice B. Gordon, the customer growth expert and author of Business Evolution, Creating Growth in a Rapidly Changing World. I created Scale Your Sales Framework to develop leading edge capabilities to secure, retain and grow key customer relationships for long-term value and partnership. Join me each week to learn from amazing B2B sales and business experts and influencers. Tune in for actionable insights and strategies. Are you ready to scale your sales? Now, my next guest, I have been trying to get on to scale your sales. She's a real star in LinkedIn. You're going to learn loads. So it's a real honor to have Bryn Tillman. Bryn is CEO of Social Sales Link and LinkedIn Whisperer. Bryn has been in sales and sales training for three decades and is now 100% focused on helping professionals convert their LinkedIn connections to sales conversations. So welcome to Scale Your Sales Podcast, Bryn. Janice, I am beyond thrilled to be here and honored. Thank you. So let's talk first of all about social sales link. Now, I know that you provide online training and lots of training to um, corporates. So tell me more about the principles and the methodology. Yeah, so um, uh, everything we teach is steeped in uh, a couple of real specific mindset philosophies. The first one is to detach from what a prospect is worth to you and attach to what you are worth to the prospect. So social selling is about building relationships, being a resource and providing value and insights, understanding that the sale will come when the time is right. When we look at LinkedIn as this as a cold calling tool, people will, you know, connect and pitch which we think is a bait and switch. So the philosophy around this is really use this as a powerful way to connect and bring value to your prospects and customers and referral partners and ultimately slowing down your outreach to build those relationships, which will ultimately speed up your outcome. That's really interesting because the industry, sales industry is built around quarters um, the quota and quarters and, you know, closing. Uh, and actually, it's interesting what you said about slowing down to build the relationships so that actually the sales process will speed up once you get at the right right time for the customer, right time for the buyer. Yeah, absolutely. And, and sometimes I think that um, corporate sales leaders are looking at the wrong KPIs, the wrong key performance indicators. They're looking at volume because they still have the mentality that if you throw enough against the wall, some will stick kind of thing, right? And I think that the shift needs to be, are we having enough of the right conversations with the right people? Mm -hmm. Um, and, And it starts with first conversations. Now, does that mean that we had a sales call with the right person right away? Not always. Sometimes it's an insights call. Sometimes it's, hey, a a networking call to get to know you. And you'll feel out if, in fact, 
you want to close for a sales call. But when we are so attached to our quota, when we are so attached, my good friend Larry Levine says, you know, people can smell commission breath. Yeah. Right. Yeah. And even through Zoom. Right. So you want to be careful. And that's why I'm going to go back to the first thing I said, which is when you are selling. And I don't think it's just on LinkedIn or digital sales. I think it's really the way salespeople need to start thinking today. I think there's a shift uh, for many reasons. But we have to detach from what that prospect is worth to us and attached to what we can bring to them, what we are worth to them. We, you know, we think traditionally in sales, we have discovery calls. And it's really this one-way call where I ask my prospect all these questions, get answers, and I decide whether or not they qualify. In today's world, it's a two-edged sword. It's a two-way street. They're qualifying us too. And if we just ask questions and never bring value and insights, why would they ever hire us? Mm. It's a very different world. They need to test drive us. They need to see if, in fact, we're the right vendor for them, not just are they the right qual qualified client or prospect for us. So we have to make sure we are hyper aware that we're earning their business. And I, when I speak to salespeople, I talk about every conversation you need to do your research, never assume. And also, I was speaking last week at a conference, my first live conference in quite a long time speaking. And I was saying that 18 months ago, if you, whatever data, whatever insights and information you had on that customer, forget it, it's out of date. Everything's mm -hmm. changed. You have to go back. But you can't go back and just ask questions. You've got to go back having done your research. There's a certain expectation that buyers are not going to waste their time giving you information that you should already know. I love that. Yeah. And, and one of the things we say is don't ever ask a question you could have found online ever. Yeah. 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 It, right. It, it's even to me, I get a, someone selling me on a call and they'll say to me, so where are you from? I'm like. Mm, that's the first thing you should have looked at on my LinkedIn profile. Yeah. Right. It's right there. Have it open when we're talking in today's world, you could be looking at it. So I see you're from Philadelphia. I've worked with lots of people from like, Oh, they took the time to know that about me. And that's something so simple yeah. and granted it's not necessarily triggers or sales insights, but it's rapport building. Mm -hmm. It's letting me know that you cared enough to look. Yeah. Um, you know, and there are other things that you could do. You know, I notice we're connected to a lot of the same people. How old do you know Janice Gordon? Oh, yeah, right. Oh, I, I adore her. You know, did you hear the podcast she did a couple weeks ago? Like with this shared connection, all of a sudden you now have a friend in common. You have value you're bringing that's outside of what you want to pitch, right? And that's how you build relationships. You, yeah. you know, it's, it's the ancillary conversations that build trust. Why is it, do you think, as soon as we go online, we kind of throw out or forget the things we would have naturally do face to face? Yeah. So I think some of it, and, and we teach very clearly, we teach um, treat the person on the other side of the message the same way you would if they were on the other side of the table. 
right? But why do we do that? Because they're profiles that we see and we're detaching them from human beings. Yeah. And the, and then we look at, like, we used to buy lists. So we look at this, you know, we create a list on LinkedIn and we go, okay, it's a list. It's not a room of people. And so we want to start looking at these profiles as rooms of people, not just leads. Yeah. Yeah. That's interesting. Okay. So what happens when you're, you um, are faced with a, a sales leader who used to be a hunter, you know, like lots of them that were achieved all their targets. So they've gone up. So that's what they know. Yep. And then they bring you in and they want you to fix their team by giving them this modern skill, but not changing the mindset. mindset. <laughs> and and that is way more frequent than you might yeah, I know. know, but yeah, it's very frequent. So let's talk about the five areas that the team needs to focus on first. And when we talk about each of these areas, we need buy-in from the sales leader. So the first one is your brand presence, right? Your value-centric profile, moving your profile from a resume to a resource. And we talk about how if this just talks about that you've been in President's Club for three years in a row, you've hit 175% of your goal, and you're a great negotiator, you're going to chase your, your prospects away. No one wants to work with a salesperson who's a great negotiator. They want to pick the worst negotiator, right? They're buying from you. <laughs> So you want to make sure that the profile resonates with your buyer and your profile has a job of helping you to secure that first conversation. That's the profile's job. And we know, even from statistics, 74%, this is a corporate vision, 74% of buyers choose the sales rep that was first to add value and insight. So why don't we start adding value and insight right from our profile? That's number one. Number two, social listening. And, and we talked a little bit about this, which is your research, but it goes beyond just the research um, of, of individuals, which is certainly part of it, but a re researching the industry, the trends, what's happening with your clients' clients, because that affects your clients. What co content is your prospect consuming? Is the CEO consuming different from the CIO if you're selling you know, to the C-suite? Who wants what? What matters to them, right? And some of this is asking through polls and some of it is through research. So there's lots of different ways to do that. But social listening is critical. Number three is the content strategy. The content strategy itself has three legs and then three ways. So the three legs are curate content, find content, create content, original, and engage with content, right? And then there are three ways to use this. There's to the masses, sharing to the masses, right? So sharing on your newsfeed, sometimes it's an email blast digitally, but there's, I get it in front of a lot of people and hope that some of the right people will find it. There's, um, so it's, it's, it's at one to many. Mm -hmm. The next one is one to few. I find 45 CIOs that I'm connected to and I wanna get a, a templated slash tailored message to each of them but I'm not doing deep research on any one individual. I've just identified a group of people that I want to get a message in front of, but it's a little more specific to what I that to them. And, and then there's one-to-one, -one, right? So I'm reaching out, I'm doing actual research on that person. I'm finding the things that we have in common. 
And I, I'm maybe uh, Janice just listened to your podcast a few weeks ago and I got amazing value from it. Here were some of my takeaways. I'd love to connect with you on LinkedIn is one-to-one, -one, right? And so we can go through, we have the, this content strategy of are we curating content? So by the way, that's curating content. I went and found your own content and shared it back with you. Yeah. I didn't have to create an original piece to start a conversation with you. Yeah. Right. So there are great ways to do that. Number, that was uh, one, two, three. Number four is nurturing your existing connections. Something that we do really poor job of is um, engaging the people we're already connected to. And as salespeople, we tend to be going out net new, net new, net new, right? And we've got this huge database, sometimes two, three, 4,000 connections. And chances are at least 10% of those are people you should be having a conversation with. So we call this conducting CPR, bringing them back to life, right? But it's also identifying clients, C, prospects, P, and referral partners, R. So you can either search your connections with the first degree filter or export your connections into an Excel spreadsheet and identify who in this list of you have been missing. I have story after story after story of people. I'm just going to tell a quick one with Michelle Vincent in the middle of the pandemic, who is a recruiter, by the way. Could you imagine how bad business was in the middle of the pandemic for recruiting? <laughs> so, right? Like, and she she exported her connections and noticed someone she that was a client moved to a new company. So already knew her mm -hmm. in one call, she had a proposal and closed a $1.5 million contract, which is now over 3 million because she took inventory. Who is on my list that already knows me, that maybe has worked with me, that I should re-engage. So conduct CPR. And number five, warm market referrals. And this is why I fell in love with LinkedIn. We all love referrals from our clients, but most of us ask our clients, so who do you know that could help, could use my services the way you have? And they go, can't think of anyone right now, but if someone should ask, I'd always be happy to refer you. But with LinkedIn, you can search and filter and build a list of eight, 10, 12 people they're connected to, run those names by them, whittle it down to four five or six people that they can either introduce you to or you can give permission to name drop. Yeah. So when we have this conversation with the, um, the senior leadership, they get it. They go, okay, that makes sense. It's not cold calling. Real, none of it is cold calling. All of it is about leveraging your existing network to re-engage and then get one level out. And it takes more time. So back to that phrase, we need to slow down our outreach to speed up our outcome? It takes more time, but it actually, if you're, I, uh, one of my definitions, well, my definitions of social selling is finding relevant people to have relevant conversations. And, you know, you do all of that work and because it's relevant, 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 actually the sale, you know, is a natural, it's not really selling, they're buying, it's a natural process and it's a lot shorter. So, you know, as you say, you slow down in order to speed up the sales um, process. Yeah. Yeah. The great Jeffrey Gittimer says, uh, people hate to be sold, but they love to buy. Yeah. 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 Well, 
And buyers, it's their job to buy. They have to buy. They're wanting to buy. You know, they're incentivized to buy. It's their job. So yeah. make it easy for them. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. Especially when what you do really brings value. But the problem is we tend to just tell them the value that we bring instead of actually bringing value. So when you can bring, when you could be a resource early on, um, they test drive you. They go, mm-hmm. oh, right. They go, if I can learn this much from a video, from a blog post, from a, imagine if we hired them, imagine if I talked to them, what value they could bring to the table. But just telling them how you can help them isn't enough anymore. Yeah, yeah. So um, tell me uh, about um, LinkedIn leveraging, uh, being leveraged as a playing field in diversity. How, what do you mean by, by that? How it levels the playing field? Yeah. So, you know, when it, for f- diversity across the board, wherever you fall, um, including small business versus big business, including women versus men or minorities that may struggle from, I, I don't have enough audience yet. I don't have enough money to build that audience. Right, small business. Uh, you know, women. I, women own small business. Where I started, I have never spent a dime on ads, but it levels the playing field because so much of what you can do on LinkedIn is free, and so much of you can connect connect with people you never realized would have connected with you in any other way, that would not have returned your call or would have deleted your email. But with LinkedIn done the right way, when you're showing up as a resource, you could get to C-level people without a gatekeeper much easier than in a lot of other ways. So it levels the playing field because um, you have access to the exact same people the large companies have or the companies with money. So from a diversity perspective, if you know, it allows you to have a voice. Um, equal to even some of the larger brands. You just have to know how to leverage your voice the right way. Yeah. And I I suppose that you will often think of traditional sales. Um, There's only like 35% of of women that are in sales. So, you know, there's a disparity there and 17% of uh, female uh, sales leaders so there's the disparities are bigger mm-hmm. there but you if you're approaching as a seller buyers one of the things may be there may be a cultural differences um or gender differences you know female sales people working with buyers traditionally if we think 10 years ago would generally would be all male depending on what industry you're in and I would, because a lot of the sales process now is online, especially with the lockdown, and there's, uh, there's a, the, the, it's almost like the marketing process is longer and the sales process is shorter because so much is done, investigation is done online. Well, no one, they, I, know, I know they can look at your picture, but no one really judges you quite so much online if you're doing exactly as you say you're adding value, you're doing a really good job. And, you know, you've got a connection with them because you're adding value and doing a really good job. 
was actually if you meet someone face to face, there's always that kind of judgment that happens, isn't it? You know, your tone of voice, you know, are you softer speaking? All of these things that got nothing to do with the actual value. So do you find that the other level uh, is the fact that it's a lot of it's online, that people, that judgment um, barrier comes down. Do you think uh, that's a factor? So I think there's still quite a lot of judgment. I hate to say that. Um, <laughs> so I think it comes down some, I mean, I encourage video. Yeah. So, um, they're still seeing your body language, your personality. But I think you have a longer time to earn the right than than if you were meeting at a networking meeting. Yeah. You know, and people will say, do they really read your profile? Do they really? Yeah. Because if they're vetting a 15-minute call with you, they're going to look at your profile and say, is it worth it? Yeah. Right? Yeah. Is this person worth it? it? And when they can look at your profile or the content that you've shared you're you're ha you have the opportunity to earn the right to have the conversation when you are in person okay. there's judgment before the conversation yeah right so so they may, so i i do you know as i think through this i do think you have a, a bigger point in that you have a longer time to allow them to absorb the value you can bring before judgment. Right. And that's a major advantage, isn't it? Especially yeah. in a global world where your buyers are global. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Huge advantage. Excellent. So tell me a bit more about, you know, your tried and tested strategy. You talked about referral, having a referral process. Mm -hmm. Yeah. So, the, you know, I was a sales trainer before I was a LinkedIn trainer. So I'm really a sales trainer who teaches LinkedIn and referrals were always my favorite way. You know, I was in sales and they were always my favorite way to grow my business. And um, I never, I was the sales trainer who hated to cold call <laughs> and I did it. Uh, I definitely, I, you know, I, um, I grew up in a call center, like my, my first sales job was inbound and then went outbound and then I went to the field. So I've definitely lived and breathed that world, but it was the piece of my business I didn't love. Referrals, however, was what I fell in love with. And I actually recall in 1992, I know I just aged myself sitting across from a client, staring at his overflowing Rolodex. I don't know if you remember Rolodex. Yes, I do. I have one. <laughs> yeah. So thinking, you know, if I could get my hands on that, I'd be able to share with him, you know, the 15, 20 people he knew that I wanted to meet. But it wasn't politically correct to say, hey, can I thumb through your, your address <laughs> book? But, you know, as I mentioned earlier, that's what we have. And if we start to leverage this, with our clients, with our referral partners. Let's say we want to get into a specific company. We can look up on LinkedIn and see who, you know, we can map out our social proximity. Who are we connected to with this company? Who are we connected to that can get us to some of the stakeholders inside of this company? And so LinkedIn really allows us to leverage our network and have access to all the Rolodexes of all our connections to be able to identify who can really help us gain access to those stakeholders. So 
it reduces our sales cycle significantly when um, and we're coming in at a higher level of credibility, right? When, when we're leveraging our shared connections. So I think that's the real game changer, especially for seasoned salespeople or entrepreneurs that have clients that love them. This is the fastest way to pipeline. Yeah. Yeah. And I'm always su surprised because it is the fastest way to pipeline. I'm always surprised how little people use it they they say when you say um what's your referral strategy do you, you know how many referrals do you do you get they'll say or some you know it's it's kind of there isn't a kpi it's not measured and there isn't a consistent process that mm -hmm. you know and it is the, the the easiest way to to pipeline so yeah i i absolutely get what what you say you know um what I love about you, Bryn, is that you make this, and you know, I use LinkedIn a lot. I'm not, an, I don't call myself an expert, but you make this, the, your, the way you use your language and explaining it and the analogies, you make it simple and um, easily understandable. But, and that means that people get it and want to do it. And, you know, that's why I absolutely love listening to you when you're talking about um, LinkedIn. So I would urge everyone listening to this to connect with with Bryn and certainly get on to social sales uh, links because I'm listening to you and I know LinkedIn. I'm thinking I think I need to go back and do some more training. We all need to continue lifelong learning and update. And we no one one person knows everything, but I absolutely know you're always looking out for the shortcuts. And I want to know your shortcuts. <laughs> I've got lots of shortcuts. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. So um, who is your hero or shero, Bryn? Oh, I know that. I, I We talked about this and there are so many and I can't remember what I originally said. Obama. Oh, oh, Michelle. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Well, yeah. So, so normally the question is, if you were on an airplane, who would you want to sit next to? Yeah, I I actually think she like if I could pick a you know a BFF I have lot I have my own BFF I think she's brilliant and there are a few things that I absolutely love about her. Yeah. Um, I love. You know, we, she she had one phrase that I think resonates with me forever, which is when they go low, we go high. Yeah. And it's really about becoming and living the best human being you can be. Yeah. Doesn't matter. You're not a victim of other people. Um, and like when I heard that, I, it, it totally transformed the way I approach everything in life, right? We are not victims. We get to choose how we react mm. to other people. So in sales, and I'll bring this around to why I, I picked Michelle Obama. In sales, when I when I it, it's when they say no, it's not personal, mm. right? And if they say no, I'm not going to get all upset and angry that they said no. I'm going to rise to the occasion, and I may ask so that I can do a better job in the future. Can I get some feedback? Can I learn? But I'm going to come from my best place. And so in, in today's world, and I, you know, I can bring a lot of what she stands for 
into the sales world because it brings a level of class, a level um, of sophistication, of nurturing, of caring about human beings as human beings, not as leads, right? We don't want to look at all of these folks as these are our leads. These are people. And I think that's the message that she brings to the world. So she, you know, she's the person that I want to sit next to on an, on an airplane. And, and I hope it's the middle row seats because I want to be on the other side. Oh, <laughs> we'll, we'll, yeah, we'll figure it out. We'll, yeah, we'll it. figure it out. I absolutely want. So how can listeners get hold of you? Uh, I happen to be on LinkedIn. So that's a really <laughs> Funny good that. <laughs> um, but, you know, I, I also have a podcast, uh, the Making Sales Social podcast, where we have lots of, of great uh, tips and advice. And we have um, content uh, free to everybody at the LinkedInlibrary.com. Excellent. It's been an absolute pleasure. And I'm going to get you on again, because I know you have so much knowledge in this area. And um, thank you so much for for sharing it um, with us. So thank you for being a guest on Scale Your Sales podcast, Bryn. It was my honor. Thank you. Thank you for joining me on this episode of Scale Your Sales. Feel free to connect with me on LinkedIn or Twitter, Janice B. Gordon, to comment and share. I'd love it if you would leave a review on ratethispodcast.com slash scale your sales. Please subscribe for more weekly expert insights to scale your sales.